Hello and welcome to the Let It Ride podcast, coming to you as I do every Wednesday to break down the week that just happened in the NFL and preview the upcoming Thursday night football game. Tomorrow night it will be the Baltimore Ravens visiting the Miami Dolphins. And week nine in the NFL was the week of the underdog. Underdog seven and seven straight up, ten and four against the spread. Luckily, I gave out four of those underdogs that ended up covering. So seven and seven for the podcast last week, getting back to 500 after an abysmal week eight. So as we do every week, we are going to start where, where I got it wrong. That is right. As I say every week, you cannot win them all. The first one that I got wrong was the Texans minus five and a half. The Dolphins covered in that game, winning by eight. But really, this game was pretty close the entire way. The teams were equal in yards, time of possessions, total sacks, total turnovers. So the Dolphins, again, as I said in the lead up to this game, are not a better team than the Houston Texans. But the Dolphins were able to score touchdowns while the Texans settled for field goals. The Texans in particular late in the fourth quarter settled for a 20-yard field goal on a fourth and goal from the two-yard line. Obviously, most teams are going to go for it in that situation. If the Texans do go for it there and get the touchdown, they cover. So I think if you play that game... uh, 10 times, the Texans probably cover at least five of them. So I'm not feeling bad about that pick, but it was wrong. I also gave out the Saints minus six, and this is one that I just overthought. When I looked at the line initially, I liked the Falcons. And a great comeback by the Saints in this one to take the lead after they fell behind big early on, but they never had a chance to cover in this one. I also gave out the Panthers plus three and a half, and I am done underestimating the Patriots and overrating this Panthers team. I keep looking back at that 3-0 start and thinking they're going to get back to it, and they just have not done that save for last week against the Atlanta Falcons. This defense and run game of the Patriots are good. Mac Jones is probably the best rookie quarterback, even though I keep pumping up Justin Fields. The Patriots are really a dark horse contender in the AFC. I gave out the Bills minus 14, and no one saw this game coming. It made absolutely no sense. The number one ranked offense going up against the 28th ranked defense. I still don't understand how the Bills lost this game. Sometimes you just have these kind of games happen. It happened to the Cowboys as well. We're going to get to that one. But the Bills lost to the Jaguars. Eliminator pools all over just got completely decimated. Again, nobody saw that one coming. Uh, I gave out the 49ers minus three, and I am done believing in Kyle Shanahan and this 49ers team. I was high on them. I picked them to go over their season win total, and they are just not a good football team. I think Kyle Shanahan is getting entirely too much credit for his one good season. He does not have a good record as a coach. In fact, I think he has the same record now now that he has lost. I think he has the same record as far as uh, games above 500 as Chip Kelly. So not a good job by Kyle Shanahan there. And again, getting a lot of credit for what he has done in the past. This Cardinals team, I keep fading them and I keep saying I'm going to stop doing it. And even with Colt McCoy starting at quarterback, they were able to get the job done. They are probably the best team in the NFC at this point. I also gave out the Rams minus seven and a half. And this Titans defense just stepped up in a way that I didn't think that they were capable. The run game and the offense as a whole did not look good for the Titans. So look out for this. Unless this defense can continue to perform this way, this Titans team is going to be in trouble. They're still going to win that division because they have such an insurmountable lead. But this offense, I think, is going to be in trouble until Derrick Henry gets back and of course I gave out my Cowboys minus nine and a half and that game was over 
from the opening kickoff. The Cowboys never had a chance in this one. Dak Prescott looked extremely rusty. The Broncos ran all over the Cowboys. I've been talking up this Cowboys run defense all season, but they looked bad on Sunday. Hopefully they have a wake-up call and can get right against the Falcons next week. So that is going to do it for where I got it wrong. Let's move on to happier things where I got it right. I promised you a longer list of winners this week. I did deliver on that promise. However, I did hope that it would be a substantially longer list of winners. But 7-7 seven and seven against the spread is just fine. You're not going to go broke if you're picking half of your games correct against the spread. We started out the week with a winner on Thursday Night Football, giving out the Colts minus 10. And it was the right side the whole way. This Colts team was the superior team the entire way. Jonathan Taylor looks like the best running back in the league now that Derrick Henry is out. However, we almost got backdoored again the same way that the Buccaneers got backdoored by the Eagles on Thursday Night Football a few weeks back. It almost happened again. The Jets were driving with a chance to cover this game and threw an interception to seal that one. But man, if you had the Colts in that one, you were sweating. This Jets offense, though, 400 plus yards passing two straight weeks now without Zach Wilson. And it didn't matter if it was Mike White or Josh Johnson, a quarterback. It just seems to matter that it's not Zach Wilson again. Uh, just not a good sign for his prospects moving forward. We also gave out the Browns plus two and a half. And I was one of the only ones who sided with the Browns on this one. And I talked about it on the podcast, this defense presents a bad matchup for the Bengals on the offensive side, too. You saw the Jets able to take advantage with the short passing game and the run game. The, that's what the Browns specialize in. I don't understand why the Browns weren't a more heavily bet side in this one. The matchups clearly favored them, and it showed on the field on Sunday. I gave out the Giants plus three, and as I said, Derek Carr struggled without Henry Ruggs stretching the field. This run defense is bad. The Giants were able to take advantage of that, even without Saquon Barkley. I referred to De uh, Devontae Booker as Devin Booker last week. Of course, Devin Booker is the superstar shooting guard for the Suns. Devontae Booker is the running back for the Giants. Uh, Booker was able to get the job done on the ground against this atrocious Raiders run defense. This Raiders team really needs that speedy receiver to stretch the field. They've signed Deshaun Jackson. We'll see his see if he is able to provide that much-needed spark that this offense needs. I gave out the Vikings plus six, and the Vikings jumped out to an early lead in this one, and it really looked like they were going to win this game, but the Ravens had the ball most of the second half just playing ball control offense. The Vikings took the opening kickoff back for a touchdown, and after that, they hardly ever saw the ball again in the second half of that game. Ended up going to overtime, the Ravens pulling out the win there, as they have done all season. Lamar Jackson getting really good in these close games. That bodes well for them in the playoffs. I gave up the Packers plus seven, and Jordan Love looked rough, but the Chiefs still needed a muff punt and a red zone interception to win this game outright, and they did not turn the ball over themselves at all. That is a bad sign for the Chiefs. You've been able to look at this Chiefs team and blame most of their losses on turnovers. They did not turn the ball over at all against the Packers. They still only put up 13 points, and their lone touchdown drive was set up by a muff punt, so this offense looks really bad. There is something going on with Patrick Mahomes there. We will continue to fade the Chiefs on this podcast. I gave out the Chargers minus one, and this was a much closer game than I thought it was going to be, but Justin Herbert got back on track. This Chargers run defense, however, is still bad. They got taken advantage of by an Eagles team that has not been able to run the ball very much this season, but they were the better team on Sunday. A last-second field goal getting them the win. Chargers minus one was a winner. And finally, I gave out the Bears plus six, and I wanted to take a second to talk about this game. 
This was the worst officiated game I have ever seen. And I've seen games where there are bad calls on both sides. There were bad calls in this game, and every single one of them went against the Bears. I've never seen anything like this in my 20-plus years of watching football. The Bears score a touchdown. They're down 14-3, score a touchdown, and it gets called back due to a low block, which is a phantom call. There was no low block on the play. The next two plays, Justin Fields gets roughed after throwing a pass. Neither one of those flags gets called. Later on in the game, a phantom pass interference call against the Bears. And then to top it all off, a horrible taunting call against the Bears after they had gotten the Steelers off the field. The Steelers were up by three points and failed on a third down. They're sending the punt team onto the field. A Bears player gets called for taunting for looking at the Steelers bench. The Referee who throws the flag hip checks him on the way off the field. It was one of the most bizarre things I've ever seen happen. I had no clue what was going on. The Steelers go on to get a field goal. The Bears get the ball, score a touchdown to take the lead, and then the Steelers end up winning the game on a field goal drive after that. So if you take that field goal off the board that the Steelers got because of that taunting penalty, they lose that game. That decided the game. And it wasn't even the the first bad call of the game. It was just the one that topped it all off. I could not believe what I was seeing in this game, I just, I, the NFL has to do something about this officiating. It was, it really looked to me like there was a fix in on this game. I'm sure that there wasn't. I'm sure it was just bad officiating, but I have never seen bad officiating just go one way that egregiously in an NFL game. As it was, the Bears still got the cover, but they should have won that game outright. In fact, there was a FanDuel bet that I saw on Bleacher Report. A guy had a $20 bet that had a bunch of underdogs in it, including the Jacksonville Jaguars. Had all these bets in for $20 to win $60-something thousand dollars, and the last thing he needed was the Bears. Uh, If I'm that gentleman... I, and no joke, I'm probably filing a lawsuit against the league because the Bears should have won that game. Again, absolutely terrible officiating. But as it was, we got that game right. Bears plus six was the right side. The Pittsburgh Steelers have no business giving more than six points to anybody. Actually, that spread got up to seven and a half by kickoff. But that is going to do it for where I got it right. We're going to take a quick break and come back and break down the Thursday night game. Welcome back. I really needed to take a second there after going off about that officiating in the Bears game. I'm not even a Bears fan. I cannot imagine if I was a Bears fan. Just as a Bears backer, I still ended up getting the cover. But man, I can't imagine if I was a fan of them or had them on a money line. Oh my goodness. I just could not imagine the absolute fury I'd be feeling at those officials for those atrocious calls. I digress. We move on to Thursday Night Football. It is going to be the Baltimore Ravens taking on the Miami Dolphins. The Dolphins, a seven and a half point underdog at home for this one. The over-under sitting at 46. And the big question for the Dolphins is, will Tua Tungavailoa play? And this one has a fractured middle finger on his left hand. And for 31 other starting quarterbacks, that would not be a problem except for Tua. He is the only left-handed quarterback in the league. In fact, the first left-handed starting quarterback in quite a while in the league. I used to see him a little bit more often on Michael Vick, Steve Young, guys like that, but two of the first one to come around in a while. His status is going to have a lot to do with uh, what side I play in this game, because if Tua plays, I really think he can take advantage of this Ravens secondary, which is going to be down to Sean Elliott suffering an injury in their last game. Of course, they're already missing Marcus Peters out of that secondary. Uh, Rookie Brandon Stevens, who has played well this season, but now he's going to have to step up in a starting role on that free safety side next to Chuck Clark. So, if again, if Tua does not play, I am not worried about Jacoby Brissett uh, taking advantage of this 
Ravens secondary. But if two is in this game, I really think that the Dolphins can put some points on the board. On the offensive side of the ball for the Ravens, they lean on the league's best rushing attack. We'll look to see Lamar Jackson get going against this Dolphins defense. And the Dolphins really don't have the speed on the edge to contain Lamar Jackson. However, look out for Jerome Baker. He is a speedy middle linebacker. And I think that they can use him to spy Lamar Jackson. We'll see if that is effective at all. However, on the other side of the ball for the Dolphins, they are absolutely not able to run the ball. The worst rushing team in the league. So the best rushing team against the worst rushing team. So uh, so as I said, Tua's status, at least for me, is really going to dictate which side I play in this game. But even if he is able to go, we'll see how effective he's able to throw the ball with that broken finger on his throwing hand. But I want to talk about this big number. Uh, you don't hardly ever see a road team laying this kind of points on a short week. We've seen it two other times this year. The Panthers laid eight and a half to the Texans. They ended up covering that game. And the Buccaneers laid seven and a half, excuse me, seven to the Eagles. And uh, they got backdoor covered in that one, but the Bucks really should have covered in that game. Overall, road favorites two and one against the spread, three and oh straight up so far on Thursday night football seven and a seven plus point favorites however are two and four against the spread five and one straight up only one loss straight up of course one of those is that Bucks game we talked about which the Bucks really deserve to cover and the opening night Cowboys against the Buccaneers which if you played that game again I don't think people realized how good this Cowboys team was at that point if you played that game tomorrow I don't think that the Buccaneers would be favored by more than seven against the Cowboys so all that coming into play here I really think the Ravens are going to come in here and take care of business, especially if Jacoby Brissett is playing. If Tua is playing, I'm just still not sure how effective he is going to be with that broken finger. So for now, give me the Ravens minus seven and a half in this one. And I also like the over 46 in this one, especially if Tua is able to play, because as I said, I think this Dolphins team is going to be able to put some points on the board against this banged up Ravens secondary. But I think this Ravens run game gets going. I think you see Lamar Jackson have a big day and the Ravens cover the seven and a half in this one. And that is going to do it for the podcast, guys. As usual, these Wednesday ones are pretty short, but we will be back on Friday or Saturday to break down the rest of the games for Week 10. Until then, guys, thanks for listening, and I will see you in a couple of days.